You're listening to a Mash Those Buttons podcast. Visit mashthosebuttons.com for a full podcast schedule. Hi, this is Chrissy from the Final Fantasy XIV podcast, Wondrous Tales. Come hang out with us every other Monday for a casual discussion of what's going on in the community and some tips to improve your in-game quality of life. Hello and welcome to another episode of Watchpoint Radio, Mash's Buttons podcast dedicated to Overwatch and its community. I am Jared, also known as Ja, and I'm here with Josh Kender, also known as Kender. Reporting in live from Bronze Elo. <laughs> and I'm also here with Ben Guyton, also known as The Dude Abides. Hey, what's going on, everybody? What's going on? This is episode number 135. We are recording on November 27th for release on November 28th. Am I lying right now? Is it November 28th? Yes, I am lying because it's November 28th now. (laughs) It's going to be released on November 29th because the show is late and we got to own that shit. Sorry about (laughs) that, guys. (laughs) <laughs> sorry about that yeah so we're recording on november 28th uh and we're not streaming this week uh due to certain circumstances but uh we're gonna better late than ever with the show right <laughs> so, <laughs> right <laughs> people listen to this right yeah <laughs> yeah so um a couple things to talk about tonight, obviously. Um, Ash is live in comp, so we'll discuss that a little bit. That'll be our quick update for the night. We're also going to talk about Hammond a little bit because there was a video circulating about, you know, well, what what do we do about Hammond? Uh, we're also going to discuss an idea, like a basically like a competitive plus mode or a, a, com- a more competitive competitive mode uh, that was suggested in Reddit. And we're also going to talk about one-tricking again, but uh, maybe from the defensive side of one-tricking here. So we're, we'll get into all that. Uh, before we do that, though, I'd like to welcome anybody listening for the very first time. Thank you very much for taking the time to check out Watchpoint Radio. Uh, we do talk about uh, news and esports and, you know, Overwatch competitive, but the primary focus of the show is the community and the state of the game. Uh, so if you enjoy the show and you want to keep up with us, feel free to follow us on Twitter, which is twitter.com slash watchpoint radio. And we'd love to have you join us on Discord, which is discord.com slash mash discord sorry, discord.me slash mash those buttons. And as always, I'd like to thank any returning listeners. Thank you guys very much for you know checking out Watchpoint Radio again. Whether it is your first for listen or 134th, we do appreciate your support. And speaking of support, we have no new subscribers and no new patrons this week. So that was fast. No support. (laughs) No respect. Uh, It's all good. We appreciate the the subscribers we have and the patrons we have. So it's all good. Uh, But also no community feedback. So we kind of just roll right into our quick update, which is that Ash is live in comp. Ash, the way she was on the PTR, the way she was in quick play. That Ash is in comp right now. That with Ash. Bob. It is Bob <laughs> Meta all around. Oh, my God. You know, I don't mind Ash as a character. I think she's 
fleshed out. I think she's well done. I, I think she has a lot of tools that are very effective and useful, even if they do completely make McCree look like a bitch. But that, that's beside the point. What I really hate about Ash is Bob. I fucking hate Bob. Hey, Bob, I hate you. <laughs> Blazing Bob, I'm calling you out, brother. No, I'm just kidding. I love you, Bob. No, I, I, he's just way, way, way too overpowered right now. Uh, a, a singular ult should not be able to take on... It, it shouldn't be able to 1v5. I mean, it it's pretty much can do that. You can just throw one into a group and take out three to five people without a problem unless they just run. Not to mention, it's a 1v5 without effort. It's a bot doing all the work yes. for you. Right. It's an extra person on the in the fight, so... A one v five becomes a two v five, and twelve hundred HP. That's that's two Roadhogs worth of HP. Yeah, you know, and he's pumping out a good bit of damage. I mean, it's it's really strong. And the longer it goes on, people are just going to get better and better with the positioning with him, and then it's going to be even more of a pain in the ass. Right. So, and it's not like it's a skill shot or anything. I mean, you just throw him in, and unless there's an edge that you have to worry about, pretty much freebie. And, like, the only defenses that I've seen against it so far temporarily are, like, a Maywall, uh, a Rhine Shield for a few seconds if they've got a team firing at it. Uh, on a sleep, we know how that goes. Uh, I mean, there's there's really not that much to counterplay against him. And that would be okay if he couldn't do so much in, like, three to five seconds. I mean, he does so much damage and it's just like impossible to fucking kill him and then you shoot at him he focuses you like a damn torp turret so it's not like you can go up a sombra and just like go happy on him or something i mean i guess you could hack him does he does he stop working if you hack him yes okay. he does completely if you if you manage to hack him that's the right. key though um i would say sombra has the easiest counter to him but most of his all the, of his other counters pretty much are uh circumstantial or skill shots right like you know you might say well anna an anna sleep on a on a um bob shouldn't be that big of a deal that's if you have sleep you know and if nobody that's wakes them you, up <laughs> exactly if you have sleep if, if nobody wakes him up you know basically once he's out the entire team kind of has to focus on him but this is the problem that i, I was talking about that he is this he is a seventh person on the team. So if you have a team of six, there's a team of six, you throw the seventh person on the field who you cannot ignore, right? If he's positioned okay, you cannot ignore this guy. Your entire and he has twelve much health. Your whole team has to collapse on him and kill him. And you may you know break down the ult or you may kill Bob, but that means that all that time that your team was focusing on him, the enemy team was focusing on you probably taking out your squishies, taking out your healer, stuff like that. It's actually the same tactic that, you know, when I initiate with him and that sometimes my teams do it, they do take advantage of. I just had a game the other day where I did an initiation at from a defensive position on Temple of Anubis. And, you know, you have those two archways that you go through. I don't know. I wasn't I wasn't a quick play. I was playing on my uh, practice account. I was like, ah, fuck it. So I just like went through one of the archways and knocked everybody back and put everybody in the air. And as they focused on me, as their tanks focused on me, we had a Widowmaker on their back that just took out both healers and like a McCree. Right. <laughs> like it was nothing. And not to mention, you if know? you're any good with Ash, like at a higher level even, 
you throw in Bob and you knock up anybody that's not Reinhardt or Roadhog and you can two shot in the air and they're dead. Yeah. And she gains alt charge while Bob is on the field. What makes that even worse is you spend all your resources and time trying to deal with Bob. You don't get alt charge from shooting him. No, it's not. I mean, I I played a cough map yesterday on Busan where the enemy Ash called Bob four times in one round. Right. Um, Like I switched off Roadhog because it was just feeding her alt too much with, you know, how big he is and all that. But then the fact that when Bob's out, she can just keep refilling it. She's any good. She's going to have half an alt back before Bob even leaves the field. Yeah, exactly. Like it's, it's way too, you get way too much value out of it versus the effort that gets put into it. Uh, not to mention if she, if Ash is landing shots, she can get Bob pretty quickly. You know, it's almost like old, not old Hanzo. You could do it with current Hanzo too, where you just farm a tank. Even if you're not killing the tank, you're hitting shots on him. You're getting your ult charge way faster, you know? Right. And you could do the same thing with uh, Ash. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, I hate to say it, but it, it just, them doing this, like, this is not the first time they put a character in a comp that shouldn't be in comp the way they were. You know, hi, Brig. How you doing? <laughs> you know, <laughs> clearly. Um, they they just shouldn't have done it. And this reflects their attitude toward the game, it, it, toward the game and what they call a competitive mode. Because, you know, it, since BlizzCon, I think we've been talking about it so much that their top priority is people having fun, even in the competitive mode. And those two shouldn't necessarily shake hands all the time. You know, it's fun, fun to win. Fun is had by winning. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Fun. Like, like, I think a competitive mode is supposed to be more fulfilling than it is fun, which that may sound a bit confusing, but... You know, you can you can have you can have fulfillment without necessarily it being a ton of fun. Like you can feel like it was worth your time right. to, to do these things. Like you know, and I'm, I mean, Ash is a ton of fun to play if you're Ash, <laughs> you know, um, or if you're the Mercy I, Damage Boost singer, so she can one shot yeah. squishies. But even the um, her kit, the only issue I have with her kit. I would say is the dynamite. I still think it either needs to have less damage or a, a smaller, or uh, the tick needs to be a shorter time. That's the only thing. Because, I mean, essentially, you can, if you get somebody to like half health and they duck behind, like, let's say, like another like enemy Ash, right? Like, I, I, I've done this a couple of times and they kind of duck behind cover, you throw your dynamite toward their cover and you just, you know, shoot it and make it explode. Well, Ash is going to die. Yeah. You know? And not to mention, it's it's really good zoning, too, because it stays there for a good... How many seconds does it stay there? For, like, three seconds? I think so, yeah. And you got that thing on the ground. Everybody's like, oh, fuck this. I'm out of here. And you're <laughs> waiting behind cover for however long, for three seconds or so. And that's three seconds of time that you're just out of the fight. Yeah, I mean, they really should make it so that you can blow it up. The enemy team could blow it up. But I think their fear with that is that there's so much crossfire going on the air. As soon as Ash throws it, somebody's going to blow it up. Just get shot. Yeah. Yeah. Or at least wait till it gets on the ground until they can blow it up or something like that. Yeah. Well, at least maybe they they should maybe change the way the gravity works on it so you can throw it more precisely. Because that thing, you throw that thing, it's almost like it's a horizon lunar colony outside. It just like floats through the air. Like it, 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 I'm not a huge fan of the physics. It makes it easier to shoot for sure. Um, 
especially on console. Like, well, I mean, I'm not that great on console, but the only way I was able to get the ash dynamite to explode is if I threw it and I just waited for it to come back into my um to the crosshair and I shot it at that point, which was actually still pretty effective. Yeah, it's not ineffective. Um, I mean, so yeah, I mean, but 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 Bob, I uh, I was not looking forward to her going into comp. I was I had some hope that they might make a change to her before they put her in comp, but I knew the reality was they probably weren't going to do it. So and, one of the one of the scarier things about Bob is when people figure out some of the really cheeky spots to put him. Um, so effect from Overwatch League, he's been streaming Ash nonstop, and he's found a couple spots where you can put Bob where you can't hit him, um, but he can shoot through the floor. Oh um, Jesus! So his head is where his like line of sight will shoot from, right? And he will shoot on Hanamira point two on defense. He can be in that really high up uh, ledge that only a few characters can get to. You can coach gun up there and put him up there, and you can't hit him unless you go up there and deal with him, and he can shoot through the floor. Um, yeah. And that's yeah, not the only map where you can do it. There's a couple different spots and different maps where you can do stuff like that, and that's that's a big problem. Yeah. That is a big problem. I mean, in other games, it will be a big enough problem to disable the character. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, it will be a big enough problem to disable the character, but that's not going to happen here. We'll get a We'll get like a patch or, you know, something for Ash maybe late december maybe maybe some type of nerf for bob like i'm still i like he i still don't think he should be able to capture a point he should actually i won a game the other day like that not in competitive not in competitive it was a quick play game but still the comps weren't fucked up this wasn't like a fucked up quick play game um i actually posted it on twitter i came around this is on um i want to say how more but it's not it's lijang tower and this is on the garden map, so it has that thing in the middle. That's the one with the with the house in the middle, right? And I come across the bridge. There's three of my teammates inside the point. Barra alts them. They die. As they're dying, I th- I put Bob. I throw Bob on the point. He no- I forget who he knocks in the air, but he knocks some person up in the air, kills them while they're in the air, then kills the Farah, then kills somebody else. Uh, the, I know the last person he killed was a Genji because uh, the Genji was chasing me and I knocked myself away and the Genji came toward me just enough to get in Bob's line of sight and Bob killed him. Bob killed five members on the enemy team. <laughs> just in that one ult, he fought Roadhog, got Roadhog down low enough so I was able to go in there and finish Roadhog off. Six people down. I mean, you think know, about like, it, like, how many times on point two Anubis has it been like one of those times where it's just like you're you've been defending for so long and they've almost captured, they've almost captured, they've almost captured, and you finally stop them from capturing the the clock's running down, and you know, you finally win the game and someone's like right there about to walk in. Well, they send Bob in, that's seven seven, eight seconds or so where that point's contested, you got people coming back in again. I mean, maps like that that are inherently kind of broken anyway breaks some more right right yeah yeah that's the thing like he they kept saying oh yeah it's like having a seventh person on your team like it's a good thing it's not it's, it's not, not good yeah <laughs> no <laughs> not in a game that you want to be competitive at, at its essence 
not yeah. in a game where you fight you fight and and poke until you kill one person on the enemy team and then you collapse. You know, that's that's basically how you do it. That's how that's how everybody knows that's how that's how these fights go. Maybe not in really low elos because, you know, it can go anywhere. But you know, Just I I one v ones everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you know. Um, but like in the in the I would say at least in gold or even in silver, like you get you see one pick, okay, that's a pick, let's go. And yeah, being one person down is just it, it, I I, I just their 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 line of thinking when it comes to the game baffles me sometimes, but it shouldn't because I know already. I already know. But Ash is in comp. We'll see how it goes. Hopefully the adjustments come faster. And not hopefully the adjust. Well, actually, the adjustments may come a little faster than we expect because doesn't the Overwatch League start in January? February. February. Oh, February. Starts on Valentine's uh, Day. Yeah. We're we're fucked then. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, they don't they do exhibitions though in de- in December. Preseason. Preseason will be December and January, I believe. Okay, so maybe yeah. maybe for preseason they they'll they'll the do the problem that with that they, is they don't always play on the live patch. They play on the most recent patch. Um, so if they don't put a patch in by like first week of January, then they'll be playing whatever that patch was up to that point. Cause they want to give all the teams time to practice that. Right. Patch oh, you mean that thing they, they should play. be doing for everybody where they don't switch patches in the yes. middle of the season? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that thing right there. Yeah. 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 And they won't even switch patches like right up to the season. Cause they want to make sure everyone had time to practice with the, the heroes in the state that they're in. You know, right. which well, makes sense. They, it, well, if they put Ash and Bob in the Overwatch League the way it is right now, like I just I don't really see that being a good lesson. Like, don't get me wrong, like the Overwatch League teams will be able to better handle Bob than teams in a in a competitive queue. Well, their focus fire is so good that they'll be able to deal with him no problem. If the um, team is up. Like how many teams is up? Gonna if, see? if it's a three V three and Bob gets called, that's a huge advantage, you know? right yes exactly yeah. you have not only do you does your team have to be able to focus bob down right it's 1200 health you have to have the right people on the field right. at the right time and that's very very important well i guarantee I you when it, this first gets into overwatch league every game is going to have ash and a mercy like without a doubt it'll be right oh yeah picks, no matter yeah. what that that is the meta the sheer the skill shot she has, this. the value of that ult. There's absolutely no fucking reason to not play Ash right now at a high level. No, yeah, it's she. She's disgusting, and she's fun to watch. So like, that's that's a good aspect of it. Yeah, she's I'm a really cool character. Go ahead. No, she's a breath of fresh air. Um, I think she does kind of help eliminate goats a little bit because of that dynamite. It makes it a little tougher to deal with. Um, but the nerf to Brig is gonna kill goats with ash being in there as well so yeah and i'm convinced that that's the reason they put ash yeah not because of ghosts but because she's so fun to watch she's got the skill shot ability she's got the the high mobility uh that's not quite genji but also you know not absolutely useless either kind of like mccree uh i mean she's just all around a great time to watch and you know good for streamers and overwatch league and all that bob's yeah, gonna back should or the early days of watching Genjis and Tracers just absolutely carry teams with crazy they, high skill plays. They shouldn't have matched her up with a cheesy alt. No, <laughs> I know, right? So, like that was the yeah, if she's gonna high, if she's a high skill cap character, make her ultimate high skill cap. You know, 
I mean, her ultimate easily could have been throwing dynamite up and throwing like dynamite up in the air and having it explode in the air and fall down, you know, over people. That would have been better than <laughs> what's going on with fucking Bob. The Bob thing was just funny. Like, hey, what if she called this robot and he actually like did something? Yuck, 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 yuck. Like, fucking get the fuck out of here. I'm, I am 100% positive that's how that conversation went. Complete with yucks. <laughs> so, but yeah, let's uh, move on from that. Let's talk a bit about Hammond because there was a video that was circulating around uh, that kind of talked about the fact that Hammond, you know, he's pretty much, he's a kind of a low pick across the board in Overwatch right now. And, you know, the, the video was kind of asking, you know, well, what's his problem? Why is he such a low pick? Um, and the thing I, I think that's really baffling is that across the board, you don't really hear people complaining about Hammond, right? Like, I mean, the biggest complaint that uh, anybody still has is the indefinite tether. But since we don't really see it all that much, I don't think we really hear about people complaining about it. But uh, across the board, Hammond seems to be pretty well balanced. So what's the actual problem with Hammond, you know? Um, I think honestly, he's just out of meta. He doesn't work with goats very well, so he's, you know, uh, I did have a really great. Uh, this is on topic, but off topic at the same time. Right before we got on, uh, we had a spin the win Hammond uh, going around. I forget what the point was. It was one of those points that has the thing in the middle and you know, uh, capture point spin. And he was spinning around, and uh, I, I called it. It was perfect execution. That was Reinhardt. I charged him as he came around for the next swing and just took his ass out. It was beautiful. And of course, <laughs> perfect timing. I said, gotcha, bitch. As soon as I got him. <laughs> yeah. When I see Hammonds do stuff like that, I just, if I'm, well, if I'm on my practice account, I'll switch out to like a diva or something. Not diva, sorry, a uh, Sombra. I just hack him and he's useless. Great. Grass is greatest weakness. Sombra. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, well, one, yeah, he is kind of out of meta, even though you can use him with goats. I mean, I've used him with goats before. Um, obviously not proper goats, but still, <laughs> in a goat style kind of using before, um, not the most effective. But I mean, I, honestly, I think his biggest problem is that people don't know how to interact with him, you know, and you don't always get the um immediate results not immediate but the um consistent results with him right you don't get always get consistent results you know him knocking somebody out of the way or into the uh to the group maybe maybe you want to get the enemy reinhardt knocked into your group so you can kill him or maybe a squishy knocked into your group that takes not only the ham and being able to get into a, a specific position but also him being able to hit that person at a specific angle too you know right uh maybe him getting somebody into the air uh he may not do as much damage as he intends to do with the pile driver because he doesn't hit the person directly like he may be a little bit off or whatever because the person moves while he's on the pile driver Uh, you just he's not super consistent he's a very independent tank in my opinion and that's another thing, right? People play him in different ways, and it's there. It's a viable way to play him, you know. In the pros, you see him played as a main tank. And when I first heard that, I was like, how the fuck has he played as a main tank? Because in my experience, I tend to play him 
uh, to harass and kill backline like characters. Like I'll, I'll go after an Anna, or I'll go after um, I was gonna say Mercy, but not Mercy, but or like a Lucio or a Zenyatta or something like that. Because you pile drive, you get them there, and you just shoot them as they're coming down, and then you have a just a ton of escape escape mechanic available to you as well. You know, to get in and get out. Um, so that's how I tend to play him, but some people play him as main tank, but in other places in the ladder, they play him as an off tank and they do different things with him. You know, like some people on, I, I, I've seen, they only like initiate with him to try to cause some chaos and then just kind of roll out of there. They're not in there with any specific purpose, you know? Right. Um, so, you know, I guess I've seen him played multiple ways and they've worked. You know, he's he's an extremely disruptive character. Like I did an initiate. Actually, I just talked about it a little earlier uh, today. But you know, I, I did an initiate that led to three of my teammate, three of my teammate being able to kill three of the enemy team just because I was being disruptive. You know, so the problem here is that you know this this issue is not a balance issue with Hammond, at least not in my opinion. You guys can kind of you know feel free, feel free to disagree with me as i know you will um because if you if you i think if you buff him uh too much which that's you know that's blizzard's calling card yeah you make him way too powerful if i was to do anything with Hammond, there's two things that i would consider um one i talked about before where i think his minds need to become active faster you know and I also think that his his mines may need a larger splash damage radius. I have to think about that one maybe a little bit more because I think it's too easy for Briggs and Rhines to clear an entire minefield. So something has to be done about that. I think because that that's kind of the deal. Like a mine, like when when the mines come down, they're on the ground long enough. And if you're Reinhardt is, I'm not going to say smart enough, but sees it soon enough, he can just charge across the mines as they're down and they're gone now. That's a big deal, you know? And then on top of that, Reinhardt and Brig have a reach. They could just knock out a bunch of mines and your ult becomes useless. Um, the other thing that I had in mind was that uh, he can kind of be like Bastion, where he, when he goes, changes form or he changes into his ball form, after a few seconds of being in his ball form, his guns automatically reload. That will be a tremendous help. Yeah. As somebody who plays Hammond. Well, actually, I've been playing him more frequently this week or, or in the last week since I saw this uh, video just to see. And, um, yeah. I mean, that that's that was the only two things I can really think of that if they, they changed it, it would be good. But for the most part, I don't see a problem with the character. And I'm actually a little concerned that because Blizzard's going to see his pick rate as low, well, we got to change something. Eh, do you? Do you? <laughs> do you really? Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I've talked for long enough. You guys go for it. Sorry. <laughs> I was just going to say, and I actually agree with your changes. I was so afraid that you were going to say uh, reduce his spread <laughs> or oh. reduce his firing spread because... It's, it is really high, and especially if you're using the crosshair or whatever. I forget the guy's name that came up with the square crosshair that expands. It's super, oh, the, super uh, freaking helpful. Um, Evil Toaster? Yeah, Evil Toaster's crosshair. By the way, if you yeah. guys haven't looked that up uh, and you're a Hammond player or an Arissa player, look up Evil Toaster's crosshair guide. You will appreciate it. It's huge, especially on Hammond. It's really, really huge. Uh, but he he has an expanding spread that's super freaking wide. It, but if you reduce that, then you're going to be like, 
you're going to be taking squishies out left and freaking right, just come up upon them and just kind of pumping into them. It's ridiculous. It'd be and, too easy uh, if you did that, especially once they're airborne. They have that split second where they're not moving. Right. It's just headshots following them down dead. Uh, right. Yeah, it's too easy. It's so easy. That's why like, I, I love Hammond against Lucio. Absolutely love it. You get him into the air. He's like, oh, no, my kryptonite. <laughs> <laughs> but go ahead. I'm sorry, Kendra. Now, I, I've just heard uh, I've heard someone mention that before, uh, saying they wish that they would reduce the spread. And I'm like, no, if anybody at Blizzard HQ listens to this podcast, do not freaking do that. He will be a monster. <laughs> we don't well, we don't want that. I think inevitably um, he's probably going to get buffed because he does have a low pick rate. Um, <laughs> looking at you, may. Um, <laughs> Um, I don't think he needs. I agree with you guys. I think he's in a really good spot. Um, I think he faces a lot of the problems that Sombra had when she first came out, which is a lot of people don't know what to do with her um, as a teammate. Um, And he is a hero that requires a lot of communication and a lot of synergy. Um, And something we'll get into, obviously, with the Fui talk is how tough it is to find good synergy and good communication on ladder unless you're just six stacking. And if you don't have that, it's not a guarantee that you're going to be communicating well. And if you're going in with Hammond and you're not communicating, it's, you know, you're not going to have that great of a time. Um, At least in my experience, it's, it's, it kind of leads to the inconsistencies that you touched on, Ja. Um, So you brought up uh, Sombra, which I think is good because it it is true to a degree that, um, a lot of people just didn't know how to deal, like not just say deal with Sombra, but work with Sombra, right? Right. Sombra is best used when she is communicating with the team. When you can tell them, okay, this this person switched to this, this person's coming out here. I'm gonna hack this target. I'm gonna hack this Reinhardt. His shield's gonna fall. Stuff like that. And Hammond can also kind of do. Uh, he can work that way, right? He can work that way where you're like, okay, I'm gonna initiate. I'm gonna pile drive this person when I get in there, and this person's gonna be in the air and stuff like that. And I, actually, I mean. Let's be honest. Communication with any character is going to make them that much better in this game. But I will say the difference between Sombra and Hammond is that Hammond can work more autonomously than Sombra could. Because in order for Sombra to be effective just by herself, kind of just like not talking to anybody, going on anything, there has to be certain characters on the field, right? Like a Zenyatta, maybe an Anna, you know? That, that she can actually fully take advantage of. But with Hammond, you can take it, you could just take advantage of so many different people. Like any squishy, pretty much, is you you want to pile drive them and shoot them. And even if you don't kill them, uh, you're going to disrupt. You are going to be gaining alt charge, which then you can use as either zoning or um, what I, I tend to do is I, what I like to do is wait for my team to get in team fights, get in the air blow the ultimate so that it comes down and has a larger spread, then pile drive, get them in the air, and usually by the time they're hitting the ground or when they're touching the ground or when they finally regain control, you know, the mines are up, but they're inside of a minefield, (laughs) you know. So One thing I do wish they would, it's more of a fix than a change with Hammond, uh, is there are certain times, and it's always the most crucial time where I need to do it, Certain times I'm in the air with plenty of space between my, the ground and myself, and I can't pile drive. No matter how many times I press the button six, seven times, I just will not do it. Really? Yeah, I've had that problem several, several times now. And I don't know if it's something to do with 
uh, speed in the air trajectory or, or what's going on with it. But it's happened to me almost every time I play Hammond. There's been a time where I could not pile drive and I wanted to. Is it off cooldown? <laughs> Does it have a cooldown? Yes. Yes. That's why. I thought because it was that happened to me the first few times I played him. It's like, why am I not pile driving? And then I realized it's on a cooldown. I had yes, no it is on a fucking clue. Dude, I thought you were going to have a smart ass answer for him. I was waiting because for I'm it. like, oh, I'm like, of course, Kendra knows he's a, it's a, it's got a uh, fucking cooldown. What is this amateur hour? Obviously, it is amateur I had hour. No idea. I, had a cool I think it's like six seconds. It might be five, but it's, it's I mean, five or six seconds. I'll put it this way. I thought it had a cooldown, but I thought it was like a you know couple seconds. You know, one of those. You know, there's abilities that just don't have yeah. much yeah i think they did that i'm pretty sure because they didn't want you to just be able to get into the air like you know get into the air pile drive wait like a few seconds get in the air pile drive again you know it makes sense it's a, I, th- I think that's a that's a good thing because okay. it definitely makes me use my pile drive more selectively okay. you know i i had no fucking <laughs> that's, that's so funny that's why uh, delete this please <laughs> oh it's, it's it's actually 10 seconds it's a 10 second cooldown is it 10 yeah, like seconds jesus yeah that's, that's why you gotta pick your pick your target if you want to buff you know, if you well. want to buff hammond do that change that cooldown i think if they do that he becomes really powerful because just like josh I said it, you, you i just, think it's too much I especially with fine. the infinite tether if you like flip into a crowd pile dive tether the same thing you just did it and just rock away you can regain some of your health if your healer's there, and you can do it re-engage right away. That'd be True. that'd be yeah. Uh, sorry, Kinder. Yeah. On this podcast, we are trying to reduce CC in the game, not increase. <laughs> Which is why I'm still beating my chest that Brig needs to be the anti CC support. I'm not. I'm <laughs> not letting that die. The anti CC with the CC. She defeats the darkness with the dark magic. Like you, man, she stands in front of you with a shield, and you can't get CC'd. That's that's where she's got to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i still th- i i do think I mean, I'll, I'll say this and we're going to move on to our next topic but i think that at least i hope my hope is that when they release echo she will be some type of anti-cc support like she can cast stuff on you so that you can't get cc'd or remove or, sh- or remove status because right now who can really remove status for zarya i think we talked about that before that's it yeah if you if you are getting frozen you can you, Zarya to the rescue. If you are Discord, Zarya to the rescue. If you are anti, Zarya to the rescue. You know, so now the theory I was just reading about Echo, uh, she may not even be a an, an actual hero, but she may end up just being a huge story element. They already said that. They said that Kaplan said that she's not that Echo is going to be a hero, but not hero thirty. Or right. 31. Well, she might She's be part of Overwatch or might have been part of Overwatch. She might be using some wordplay there. Because so, no, well, so, I mean, Jeff Kaplan already confirmed that one, she is going to be a character, but two, that she's that the next wave of story. I didn't even know we had a first wave of story. <laughs> I, th- I thought it was more like a light rain shower. But anyway, the next <laughs> wave of story is going to heavily involve Echo. Right. So they're starting to take cues from Destiny with their storytelling. Like, oh, remember dude, that dude. really big story we told in Destiny 1? Yeah, me neither. But we're going to go on to the next part. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you ain't lying, man. I'm so like, when I, when I, and this is not, I'm not about to turn this into a Destiny podcast, but I've been playing Forsaken. And at some parts, I'm like, when the fuck did that happen? When did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> I've been playing this game since it came out. That might, never happened. You might not start reading the comics, though, because uh, one of the things that, uh, 
the thing I was reading earlier about Echo, uh, apparently there's this thing called Anubis, and it's like this god AI or whatever in, yeah. in all Overwatch. And I knew a little bit about it. I didn't realize how big of a deal it was because I haven't kept up with the comics. But uh, well, you no, know, because there was nothing to keep up with. They mentioned Anubis like one time. True. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, uh, that's about yeah. as popular as about, as knowing about the cooldown on pile driver. I mean, why would True. you? Know that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they mentioned they mentioned Anubis me. once, and I think at the time they kind of just used it as a way to introduce you to the to the idea that the Omnics had these like god AIs, right? right? And also the story of the Temple of Anubis map. And that's the thing. Uh, if you look on Temple of Anubis, there's a bunch of what look like scrapped Echo units uh, all over the Temple of Anubis. And a lot of them have uh, caution all over their head. And uh, the story for Temple of Anubis is that the Anubis AI is it's pretty much in a lab under the Temple of Anubis or something to that effect. And right. uh the idea is that maybe it took over these particular uh, echo units and that's why they have caution or something like that, you know, because he's because Anubis is right there. And uh, the theory is that perhaps echo will be taken over or possessed by the Anubis AI. And I think that's reaching. <laughs> that sounds like a reach to me. I don't know. She that was friendly to McCree. That's all the, we know about her. That's a little elaborate for the Overwatch universe uh, as far as yeah. storytelling goes. <laughs> it, can be. it puts it in much better terms uh, in the length that I'm reading. If you want oh, to so find you're doing it, a shit job of telling us about it? I am doing, I'm doing a terrible job because I skimmed it once before we started the podcast. But if you want to look up oh, for okay. yourself and read what I uh, am trying to describe, uh, the name of the article is on heroes never die.com is the Temple of Anubis could solve the mystery of Overwatch's Echo. So Dude, you just talked out. about a polygon website. I'm out. Is that a polygon website? It is a polygon <laughs> website. What is this? Incredible <laughs> no reporting idea. on Watchpoint Radio tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a bias. Not at all. <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, I, read, no I, heard some speculation, I heard some speculation that she was uh, a weapon of some sorts. Um, and is basically your Overwatch taking a jab at or trying to figure, just guessing what her kit could be, and they took two approaches to it. That her being basically a weapon, um, and it was a pretty cool approach. I mean, it has no ground. I mean, it's obviously they don't know what's happening. They were just they just go the Iron Giant route. Oh, <laughs> uh, kind of, yeah, super, yeah. I watched that today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, well, let's go ahead and move into our next topic. Uh, the one about the idea for a more competitive, competitive mode. It comes from Thorn Rain. Actually, I didn't realize that Thorn Rain actually posted this. So, okay, good job, Thorn Rain. I just thought, oh, this is a good idea. And I found out, oh, it's Thorn Rain. So, of course, it's a good idea. So, yeah, this was posted <laughs> by Thorn Rain in, the, uh, in Reddit and competitive Overwatch. And he says, uh, you know, he has my idea for a new competitive mode to help Overwatch. He says, the arena. Welcome to the arena, a tournament mode for Overwatch that focuses more on team aspects of Overwatch. Competitive for many in its current state isn't fun or enjoyable. So my idea is for a new competitive game mode for the moderate to hardcore Overwatch players. Your normal casual player isn't going to form a six-man team, and they aren't going to scrim, so competitive is a perfectly fine space for you to solo, duo, and small group queue. Leave competitive the way it is with the LFG tool. 
queue options and rewards system as it is. What is the arena? A tournament-style game mode that you must join as a full team. Teams must be, cre- be created with a minimum of six to eight max number. Six to eight max max number can be played with, and your team remains the same for the duration of the season. Uh, and then he goes into he says, the season is a full calendar year compromise. Oh, sorry, <laughs> comprised of six tournaments. Each season lasts for two to three uh, competitive seasons. Shorter tournaments with higher stakes. Five regular tournaments that any clan or any team can join uh the sixth tournament is an invitational of the top teams from the five previous tournaments top eight teams in each region go to an annual invitational tournament a tournament is eight weeks in duration one week is registration followed by seven weeks of tournament play tournament uh map size rule follow owwc Tournaments will run back to only back to with only let's see tournaments will run back to with only the one week registration weeks being the off seasons. Okay, teams can compete as many matches as they can fit into a tournament or until their ten losses. Scoring ten teams have a ten lo- loss maximum, a ten lose maximum. Once a team loses ten matches, they are eliminated from the tournament. Every win is a base twenty-five is a base twenty-five tournament points. Uh, no loss of tournament points for a lose. As a team hits win streaks, a multiplier is added to the tournament points. Three win streak, one point five x multiplier. Five win streak, two x multiplier. Ten win streak, three x multiplier. Team with the highest tournament points at the end of the tournament is labeled as champions. And he says rewards, competitive points, phrase, player icons, gold skins for the top 10% of teams, one per player on the team per tournament, and then none, which is my favorite option. The reward is getting better gameplay for the more hardcore player base. Yeah. So I think it's a good idea. Could use some tweaking. Um, I guess I'll just go first since I'm already talking. Uh, I would say you don't necessarily make it a tournament. This seems to be suited better as like a power ladder, because if you're talking like a, a, a tournament, right? Like you teams need to be put into brackets properly for the tournament to to, to kind of work well. Or if um, uh, unless I'm I'm thinking about this incorrectly, or if you're gonna have a season, you still have to have uh, teams placed against other teams, right? You still have to make a schedule. If you're going to do a season, if you're going to do a season and like, let's say a playoff, which is a tournament. So I would think like based off what you said, it sounds more to me like you want a power ladder, which is you put a bunch of teams on the ladder and the teams just get points for wins. The more games they play, the more chances they have to win points and the better ranking they're going to have. That's essentially what a, a power ladder is. Um, I don't necessarily think there needs to be like a, 10 loss maximum like you know once you lose 10 you're out um i mean you can i mean if you if when you lose you don't get any points that puts you you know behind but it also gives you the chance to fix whatever you're doing you know and go back out there and maybe you know climb a little bit so there's, you don't lose all hope. You don't get knocked out of the tournament. Because I know when we first started playing the podcast or six stack, we lost all the time. We would have been out of your tournament for sure. <laughs> and it's like, you know, it, without like, you know, if you if you're just forming a team of six people, um, and you get knocked out of your first tournament, uh, it's going to be kind of hard to motivate people to go back 
into it because it, it might feel like it's a waste of time. So at least if there's hope, you know, at least if they can see their place at the end of the season, right? And even if the next season or the next tournament or, you know, whatever, they don't do that well, if they increased in rank, that's a positive. That's a plus. That'll keep them in it, in my opinion. Um, of course, I could be pretty biased. I used to be an admin for Team Warfare. So like that's that was one of the systems that they, they ran was like a power ladder. They ran regular ladders where as long as you were within 10 ranks of somebody, you can challenge that team. And if you won, you were now their rank. You took their rank from them. And then they had power ladders where you just had to keep playing and winning and getting um, points. But I mean, I, I especially like the idea that you have to form your team of six before going in. Go ahead. Kinder. Uh I, I think yeah, the term, tournament idea is probably gonna be out because you have to have people that can make schedules and play this game like that. It, it's just not it's not realistic. Uh if you're gonna do that, you might as well just get in like contenders or do things like that or have Discord tournaments. Uh I don't see that working out too well for scheduling it, you know, in an in-game client. That's a lot of work. Um but I do like the idea of a power ladder um, or even a more realistic way for them to do it uh, could just be basically competitive with required six stacks and you gain the team SR if you're going to do it that way. Um, and even if they even if they didn't do it that way, even if they didn't do just pre-mades only, even if it was just required six stacking uh, queue rather than having the way you queue now, you can queue solo two, three, whatever. If it required a six stack and was just a separate, uh, separate competitive mode geared more towards pre-mades, but you don't have to, if you don't want to, you know, that kind of deal. And I, I think that would be the most realistic way to do it. If you do it on a power ladder, um, uh, that, that would just depend on how many people actually do it. Uh, and if, eventually there's obviously going to be a problem with grouping up teams that are, close enough in ranking or whatever. And if there's like a huge difference in the teams, if the lower team wins, gain half the spread, uh, and then the higher team loses half the spread. Uh, and if the lower team loses, they don't lose much and the higher team doesn't gain much, you know? Uh, so I, I think that you, would you're be... You're talking about Team SR. I mean, that's essentially what you just talked about. <laughs> essentially, but, you know, a, a different SR system than what they have now. The SR system right now is so broken. I, I can't remember the last time that I gained more SR than I lost on any loss. I, I just lose so much in this SR system. I don't know what's wrong with it. Ben, you got anything? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a really cool idea. Um, aside from it being a tournament, I agree with both of you. Um, I like the the idea behind the power ladder. Um, I don't think you need bonuses for winning streaks. Um, I don't think that really helps anything. Um, that just makes dominant teams like higher up on there, like kind of untouchable. Um, a win's a win, you know? And I think if you keep it kind of level like that, it's, it's, it'd be a real, I'd, I'd play it <laughs> in a heartbeat. Right. I mean, that sounds more fun than what comp is right now. Um, yeah. I think the good thing about it is people are coming up with ideas outside of the box, trying to give, you know, constructive criticism to Blizzard being like, look, what's going on in comp right now is not working. It's not no. fun anymore. Um, so it's cool to see d different people putting good ideas like this out there. Um, I saw Jane the other day streaming 
tournaments that he's been setting up, uh, toying with the idea of hero bands, um, where each team bans a hero before the round. Um, just to give something a try, just to see if it works. Um, so kudos to the people out there trying to make changes the right way and not just flame and blizzard for, you know, your game sucks, kill yourself kind of stuff. <laughs> so Right, right. Well, yeah, I think everybody's trying to give suggestions at this point. But I, mean, I do like this idea. I mean, the thing is, I, it's just, it's so unlikely that Blizzard is going to do anything. You might want to take your idea and put it into practice on your own. Like, honestly, like that's, you might want to try to, you know, get, um, you know, a site going where you can run these tournaments or you can run whatever you decide to do at the end of the day uh, and get teams into it that want, you know, that especially if you're not, if, if, because I think we're all in agreement that you really don't need rewards for people who really want to play competitive. You don't, you don't need it. So the hard, the moderate to hardcore players will can, as long as they know about it, can definitely flock to it. I think that's, that's probably the biggest issue right now with competitive communities. So many competitive communities are very reliant on the developer uh, or very specific, like big leagues to kind of manage the competitive aspect of things, right? To the point that they don't look outside of the developer or big company for other avenues to play competitively. You know, like I'm trying to think now, like would a Cal league ever work now? Right. Like in, in, in 2018, I, I don't think so. I don't think it would have caught on in the first place because somebody's laughing right now. Say, well, Cal didn't work out in the first place. Cal <laughs> didn't work out in the first place because Angel <laughs> is a is a motherfucker and he 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 robbed a lot of people. <laughs> like he got away with the money. <laughs> you know that's why Cal didn't work out. Not because it wasn't supported. Everybody was shocked when Cal went down. It wasn't like no people weren't playing in Cal. You know, tons of like hundreds of teams in the East alone. In the Northeast alone, because <laughs> you know we're in Cal, um, and that's just for Counter Strike, you know. But I, I, I think it's almost like people are a little lazy now, where they don't look outside of the game, like they don't go to. You, it's rare to find somebody that goes that, that goes into Discord searching for a way to play competitively. You know, like once I when I was playing two K four, there I got to a certain point in the gameplay where I was looking for more. And I started searching around, and boom, I found found channels in IRC, and that's how I ended up getting into actual competitive 2K4, you know? Now, you just don't see that anymore. But for the group of people that you're trying to, uh, that Thorn Rain's trying to get to, I think that is still possible as long as they're, you're able to get the news out to these teams and, and run these leagues and stuff like that, you know? So I, I do like the idea, like I said, with a few tweaks, but I think it, it, I think it's an awesome idea uh, because something does need to be done. I mean, I've been the last few weeks, especially since BlizzCon, you know, we've been preaching that the community has to take these things into their own hands, and this sounds like one of those things that would be a good idea if the community took it to its own hands. Yeah, and if you do well, these, t- oh, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I was going to say, if you do these tournaments and everything, I mean, not a lot of people necessarily watch contenders. I mean, people that are really into it uh, obviously would. But uh, if you know somebody that's uh, in a in a small team and or if you're part of one of these small teams and you get these tournaments going and you stream it and you organize it and you have a website that tracks everything, uh, 
if you build it, they will come kind of thing. You know what I mean? Um, so if the effort's put in by somebody, anybody for just a regular league of teams, you know, just a regular kind of tourney thing that you have going on with several discords put together with, I'd say probably a minimum of minimum of 10 teams in it. Uh, eventually you'll gain a, gain enough following as long as you stream on a singular channel uh, that people will watch and people will cheer for particular teams and particular groups of people like, you know, the podcaster six, you know, we'd probably have a small following, even though we kind of suck, <laughs> <laughs> but we do have some, you know, relatively high level players, you know, and not everybody necessarily always wants to watch, you know, super high level meta, you know, maybe we need kind of a plat diamond masters meta, you know, kind of tournament thing going on. You, you know right. what I'm saying? It's hard to put it into words, but you, you, well, I'm speaking about old times now, but like you don't always have to have super high level matches just to keep people entertained. Um, before Twitch, you know, we had we had like you know UTV or Source TV where you had to have the game client in order to watch a match. This is where um, spectator proxies came into play, and we would see games in like Cal Open get casted all the time, and Source TV would be packed. To the brain, like with as many people as possible, they have to open up additional proxies to fit people in. And the open division, that was the lowest division you can go, you know? Um, everybody was an open. It wasn't like, you know, Overwatch open division, like anybody with five players could get in, <laughs> you know? So, yeah, I mean, you don't have to have super high level matches just to keep people entertained, you know? Right. And especially in the off season right now where there's not much going on in terms of watching Overwatch teams together. Uh right. I think that'd be really good for the game and really good for the community. And if it got big enough, it would be enough to gain the attention of perhaps Blizzard and be like, Hey, look, this is fucking broken, by the way. <laughs> you get a bunch well, of these salty low level low level people talking about how broken uh Brig is, she'll get fixed. I think a uh, uh, you know, a community-ran tournament system or league like this is more effective uh, to get people involved in the game than if Blizzard did it on a bigger scale, right? right. Uh, because it's more accessible. It's more accessible. Like, you know, people who watch... Over, like Somebody may watch Overwatch League now, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to get into Overwatch because it's like... Well, I'll never be in Overwatch League. I'll never be that good. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And like me, uh, I I don't give a shit about Overwatch League all that much, and I know you don't. But yeah, if, no. If like Jay Lee or Bob or like really anybody that we know that's relatively high level right now, if they were to be on a team that's casting and you know be on a rank or a ladder or something like that, I fucking watch it. I'm watching a heartbeat because I know these guys are cool. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So no, I, I like it. I just think. Instead of uh, just suggesting it, you might want to, if you can, try to get some gears turning, you know, reach out to some people, see what you see what you can do. But I, I like it. I think um, if it's a community led effort, it will be a great idea. Yeah. And if it happens, there will be a podcast about it. <laughs> <Better Yeah>. than- <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So going to get into our last topic here. Um, there was a bit of a dispute for Sam, uh, between Samito and Fuey, and I know Ben, you had you had more details on what actually happened between the two than I did. Well, yeah, I guess they uh, 
they ended up getting matched together on a game and they play in top 500 and stuff like that. And Fui doing what Fui does. He doesn't switch off Torb. That's not, he plays Torb and that's that. Um, and they were going straight into a goats comp and wasn't working. They needed him to switch and he's not in comms cause he refuses to be in comms and he's not going to switch cause he refuses to switch. Um, so Samito basically just called him out for being a toxic teammate and you're the kind of problem that's wrong with overwatch, yada, yada, yada. Um, and so Fui wrote up this whole thing and then tagged Samito in it on Twitter. And then Samito put up this whole video dissecting his rebuttal basically. And, you know, I mean, nothing Samito said was wrong when I listened to it. Everything he said was spot on, in my opinion, at least the way I look right. at a tr- an actual one trick, someone who refuses to switch no matter what, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's that's why I didn't... So with this topic, I don't necessarily want to focus on what Samito said because he what he said or what his rebuttal was was pretty much in line with what we've been saying already, right? And yeah, I don't, I don't right, need right, him right, to validate... Part. Right, I don't need him to validate what what I said. Like, see, he said it too, so, you know, <laughs> we're right here. We don't, we don't need that going on. What I want... The reason I'm bringing it up is because I wanted to bring up what Fuey said in response to Samito calling him a toxic teammate uh, because now you probably you get to see maybe the mind of a one trick a bit more because you know you do have the mind of a one trick who just does not care. They don't care. I they bought Overwatch yeah. with my money. I'm gonna play the character that I want to play, even though that's you know that's the most ineffective way to play a game. But whatever. Um, oh, ineffective way to play the game as a team. Let's say that right. because the thing about one tricking that you cannot deny. You will get very good with the character that you're one tricking, right? Absolutely. Um, actually, I mean, here's the thing about one tricking that's that could be a positive in the long run, but it's bad in 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 the interim. Is that if you are trying to learn a character, the best way to do that is to one trick that character, especially into situations where you cannot, you know, that you're at a disadvantage. Because you, it helps you learn how to work around those disadvantages. You know, maybe the boundaries, like the limits of that disadvantage, you know, to you. Like, okay, I can push it this much, but maybe if I stay back, it's not as bad. You can minimize how bad the, dis, you know, how bad the disadvantage works on you, you know. Like, you know, uh, because I've talked about it before where I will only play one character on my practice account. Um, like, um Symmetra. I was playing Symmetra for a bit, right? And it should have been more obvious to me in hindsight, but it wasn't at first. How, like, when you know a team picks up a sniper composition, it really that that's really a, a huge weakness for Symmetra. You know, when when you're playing Sim, when they put when there's like a Widow and a Hanzo, and now a May because May's an Alpine sniper, but, but you know, uh, you know stuff like that. But you know, I, I learned that by playing into it trying to work around it and realizing like, okay, this really ain't going to work. So now if I play some veterans and my switches to a, uh, a sniper cop, I'm not going to play into it, but there was, you know, definitely more than a few matches where I like pushed into it anyway to see how far I can get with it. See if there's a way to work around it. Because if you come, if every time you come across a hiccup when you're playing a character, if you immediately switch, you'll never learn how to get around that hiccup. That's that, that's the thing. So, 
it's it's a, it's a double-edged sword. So Fuey is, is a little different because he has played Torbjorn for 13 seasons. And he refuses to switch, right? He's, that's what he's done. He's played like Torbjorn for like 13 seasons, I think Sumito said. Um, where generally, like, when I'm trying to pick up a new character on my... Um, and I'm not don't get me wrong, I'm not I'm not making excuses and this is why I generally don't play with people on that account when I'm doing this. Um when I'm when I'm learning a new character, like I'll just pick that one character. I'm like, that's how I'm able to play Anna the way I do now. That's how actually I got my Zen into Diamond from twenty five hundred into Diamond. Only picking Zen, you know. So that the, there are benefits to it. But there's tons of negatives. But we're going to go ahead and get into what Fuey actually said. Um, and we'll break that down a little bit. He says, uh, toxicity towards your own teammates is one of the biggest problems and one of the main reasons many players who blame their teammates always lose to one tricks. People simply do, don't realize the chain reaction they cause. Calling someone an asshole for playing the game their own way and crying about how you cannot be toxic to them is a terrible mentality. One tricking is not a problem, and if it was, I would only drop rank and making the game even more rock, paper, scissors. But this doesn't happen. Let's do a thought experiment real quick. So, first of all, um, and you guys feel free to jump in, uh, you know, anytime. You know, he says, call somebody an asshole for playing the game their own way. This isn't Burger King. You cannot have it your <laughs> way. Like, if you were, like, Overwatch is a team based game is an extremely team based to the point where if you lose one person in a fight you're probably going to lose that fight one person drops out of your group uh in your in in, in your competitive games you're probably going to lose that game as an extremely like being one person down is extreme is extremely problematic and having one person that does not uh work with the rest of the team is also problematic you know and we're not just talking about you picking a character and somebody immediately asking you to get off of that character, right? That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about you pick a character and you see the enemy composition and you can't do anything with that character. You know, like remember, remember Anna was not used for a really long time during the heavy shield meta because you couldn't shoot, you can't shoot through shields. <laughs> you know, and it made her like super ineffective. If somebody yeah, they didn't change Anna that much either, it's just the game the meta changed. The meta yeah. changes, and then other characters are more viable. Exactly. I mean, that's just but, that's the way shooters work when balance patches and nerfs and buffs come in. You know, things change a little bit. And right. So one character is not always going to be viable in the same situation he was before. Exactly. So like, if you played, if you refused to get off of Anna at the time, you'd just be probably a really and effective support you were so you know you can't necessarily play the game you, you can't play the game your own way and then on the thing he also says that you know if one tricking was a problem he would drop rank and that's not true either because what happens to me when i go with a one trick right when i first start with that character i'll drop but then maybe a week after playing a character, really getting used to playing the character, I just start to climb. That's why my practice account, it's like almost at 2,900 right now. I started the season at 2,400, <laughs> you know? And that's just for me, like, you know, sticking on the character, getting really, really good at a character, 
it doesn't necessarily mean that it's 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 not a problem because it still is a problem because you are affecting somebody else's game, right? Uh, something on those losses, on the wins, nobody cares, right? On the wins, nobody cares. On the losses, you know, on the ones that you should have switched, it it matters a lot. When you when that when a team loses a game because you refuse to switch off a character, that's a uh, that's a big problem. You know, and so to play devil's advocate in defense of Fui, if if he played a character who was meta, no one would be complaining about him being a one trick. Um, right. In the mercy meta, no one cared. At you know, you demanded that you had a mercy on your team. Um, you weren't gonna six stack unless you had someone who played mercy exclusively. Um, so like when that player is meta, yeah, you want that one trick because as you said, person that plays the same character for that many hours, they're going to be better at it than someone who doesn't play it as often. Absolutely. So if Torb, if Torb was meta, people would be begging Fui to play with them. They're like, yeah, carry me, you know, with your little hammer. But because he's not, <laughs> um, and even as strong as he is now, you still have to work around him to play with him effectively. And that that's where the whole mentality of I want to play the game my way goes out the window with the bathwater, in my opinion. Because yeah. you didn't buy a, a game based on team-based mechanics to play the game your own way if you want to do that go in quick play do custom games do whatever you want but that's not what comp is for um and that's you know that's something he gets into later down in his whole you know message about what blizzard's doing wrong and he's not the problem here yeah Um, which i disagree with it's kind of just trying to scapegoat but i'm gonna go ahead and piss everybody off (laughs) I don't, okay. <laughs> I don't feel like there's enough uh, enough discourse in the room, uh, regardless of whether or not I actually believe this. It's just I like to debate. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, go ENTP, for it, by the way. Um, so when you have a one trick on your team, if it's somebody that's had or spent a ton of time learning to one trick this character, obviously that's going to be their best character. And they're probably going to suck ass at literally any other character in the game. Um, and the thing is, I would rather have a thousand hour Torbjorn than a three hour Reinhardt on my team, uh, any day of the freaking week. And if you have somebody that's truly a one trick, uh, on your team, generally, in my opinion, the best thing that you can do, because most people probably at least 95% of the people that play this game, probably more. Uh, flex to at least two or three other characters, probably more, or at least within a role. And you're just going to, the best thing you can do is to switch roles or switch your team composition around to work around this one trick because they're going to be good at the character uh, if they have a serious amount of hours on them, if they're one tricking this character. And most one tricks that I know, the most real true one tricks I know of in this game are high level because they're super good at their character. And if you're playing the game, it it goes, it goes both ways. If you, if you are willing to switch to adjust to your team's composition, then having the one trick on your team, what's different about them switching and you switching. If you, if you switch to accommodate the one trick, your best chance of winning is to switch and accommodate one, one trick. Even if the enemy team's countering that that particular one trick, you can you can make changes, you can make adjustments 
to make that person effective. Um, we had a guy that was, he was running Genji into a composition that was completely anti-Genji. They had a, they had a Brig, they had a Winston, uh, and a bunch of other crap. I'm pretty sure this guy was a Smurf anyway, but regardless, um, the Genji was effective. Uh, he did his, he did his job. He did everything he could. He got out when he couldn't. And we just kind of built the team around the Genji. Um, and it worked. So what's to say that the same deal is not really true with a one trick, you know, even in disadvantageous situations, you can change your team to help that character out as much as possible, even in a bad situation or even against a bad team comp. Uh, so it's kind of pot calling the kettle black. If the game is about adjusting to conditions and adjusting your team for things, if a win condition is helping the one trick do their job, then why not help them do that job? Yeah, it's different when there's somebody that's just, you know, just playing the character for this season or something like that, or just kind of one tricking for a little bit. But if you have a true one trick uh, like he is, uh, I say the best thing that you can do as a team is adjust your team to that composition. So if you're one, if the person that hit now, he's been one tricking Torbjorn, which um, having a really good Torbjorn as an off medic pick can work in your favor because it, it throws off the enemy team. Right. But that's just one of the characters in Overwatch. If you're one tricking a character that's just like not effective anymore. That's a different story. Like you want to say that to a one trick mercy right now that can't like just they, they can't get the heels outputted because that's just the way it is or they become ineffective because of the meta that Anna's in. So it doesn't even matter if she's healing somebody when they get. Uh, I mean, know, that's the thing, though. Or, uh, mercy is kind of a throw pick in higher elos right now, but I've seen quite a few mercies at, at Plat and Diamond that are very good at their job and they're really good at getting out escaping uh use their valk effectively they know tricks that we, we just don't really know or use um and when you're that good at the character it really doesn't matter what the meta is yeah you get in spots where you uh, i wish i could do this or i wish i could do that a little better um but you're still an effective character you know you're still you, no character in this game is so beyond broken that they cannot be used at all in the game. Um, you have sim one tricks that can do crazy things with their teleporter and, you know, they know exactly where to set up and they can just drill through shields all day long. And you have um, one trick maze that are so effective with their walls that you're just going to get a one, you're going to get a pick every single team fight. I mean, I don't think there's any single character that's so bad that they cannot be one tricked into victory. Right, so but, I completely, uh, I completely agree with right. you that it's best for like the win condition to try and you know support that one tricks playstyle. But then the problem that you come into is what if that playstyle is not working because they're countering it? Because Overwatch is at this point like a rock paper scissors game. So what if they full counter what you're doing? And then you say, all right, we need to switch. And one trick says, no, I'm not switching. Because that's where the toxicity comes to, into place. You're not supposed to counter what I actually <laughs> believe. Because <laughs> that's, that's where the problem rises. That's why this whole debate started. Because yeah. they what they were doing, they, they played around tour, but it wasn't working. They were getting destroyed. They said, we need to switch. And and in this in particular example, he refuses to be in comms because he hates being called a thrower or toxic or anything. So he just refuses to be in comms. He just 
plays Torb no matter what, doesn't talk to anyone. So I could have swore that's what I just said, but maybe I didn't say it properly. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no, I mean it's fine. But no, that's 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 kind of what I meant, right? Like actually in the at the end of the Sumito video. He showed a video of him playing against Fury, and when he saw that Fury was on a the team, they knew what he they were going to do. Yeah. He knew exactly without having any vision uh, into the enemy team, any sight. He told them as they were they were playing um, Umbani, and as they're running out of the spawn, he's like, "Okay, we're going to go top left. We're going to put our our Arisa shield down as soon as we get through the steps." You're going to put the Bastion down, and we're going to out-damage their Orisa shield and everything behind it because they won't have the damage behind it. And guess what? It was like he was a goddamn psychic because it just it went down <laughs> exactly like that. He knew exactly what was going on. So, no, that that exactly what Ben said is uh, you know a big part of the problem. I'm going to continue with what, what, what Fuey was saying. There. He says, by, by default, the system should fix one tricking by itself. If you don't swap, you will get countered every game, and you should de-rank to a rank where you belong, right? People think these players are worse than I'm sorry, are worse than them and don't deserve their ranking because in their minds there is no way that this person's Torb can be as good as their flex, and because of this, it will cause, them, it cause the team to lose. However, this is this must not be the case since I have been 4.2K uh, and top 100 every single season, which is typically thought to be the highest level of play. So that kind of goes back to what I was saying before, that a very good off-meta pick can throw the enemy team off, right? Um, and we all know that playing with you know, a, a non-stick stack in, in comp versus playing with a six stack in comp is very different. I think a six stack in comp, even at that level, can probably like you know they'll they'll work together better and be able to handle those situations better versus a non uh, you know a non six stack which can get tilted because we can't kill this torp for some reason you know we they can't pull it together so I think you know having off meta picks to win a game like it does work you know uh, and at that SR six stacks don't exist there's yeah, no right. such thing as six stacks up there. So that that even drives the point home even further. It's your duo queuing at the most. Um, so like people not aren't necessarily going to be talking to each other. They're going to get frustrated because Torb's killing them, like you said. So you're going to win your games, but that doesn't mean if anything. I feel like you win games because your teammates prop you up to spite you because they want to win. Obviously, everyone on your team wants to win. They don't want to lose. They're playing to keep their SR high. So. Well, it's also a different game of Overwatch at that level, too. People know what Absolutely. their job is. You know, yeah. they, they work together like six stacks should work at, e- at lower elos in solo queue. Uh, yeah. at those higher ranks a lot of time. Um, so I wouldn't see why that they, they wouldn't really know how to counter uh, a Torbjorn. It's you know, not it seems about like not knowing how easy. to counter something. It's about being actually able to communicate properly and pull it together so that you can counter it. Because non-six stacks across all elos have the same problem, communication, you know. But in higher elos, it's a bit more like you kind of understand a bit better. Not understand, but you expect certain things from certain players, right? You know, like playing Reinhardt and Platinum, 
some you need to look behind you to make sure people are actually with you versus playing it in the higher elo where you know that they should that they're going to be in the positions they need to be i know i do that all the fucking time i have to like guys you with me guys you with me silence and i turn around take a few shots in the back and then see if they're there or not i i don't i have to do that several times you don't use the camera change the view change uh, I tried to. I can't get used to it. Like no matter. I oh. don't play. I didn't play Ryan all that much until this season. I need to get used to using that. I know it exists. Yeah. Yeah. Either do that or get shot in the back. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just instinct with every other character. It's, I, I. It's I not can on do the cooldown either. You can use it whenever you, you want. You know what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Word. So. All right. So he says, uh, "Let's do another thought experiment. Even if you wanted to ban one tricks, is it possible? Okay." All of the one tricks are banned. Now, what about two tricks, three tricks? People who flex to characters you don't uh, you don't like. Where do we draw the line? Bringing up banning one tricks at this point in the game's life is a joke. There are so many problems in the game you can plan about that actually matter, and yet here we are again with the same old song and dance. Um, I think this is a huge deflection, right? Because if you two trick or three trick, that actually ain't that bad. <laughs> you know that's preferable that's that preferable. means you're probably like so myself i specialize in main tanks and off tanks um i feel very confident in like three to four heroes and they're all within the tank pool and i lfg to play tank because i know that's what i'm strong at i think that's more preferable than a one trick saying I'm playing Hammond no matter what situation is. That's what I'm going to do. Right. And that's you know? that's what the vast majority of people in this game really do is they flex within one or two roles. Right. And usually it's tank or heels <laughs> because yeah. everybody plays tanks <laughs> or fucking heels. Well, because exactly. everyone plays DPS. <laughs> yeah. Well, the yeah, perception I mean, is everyone plays DPS, but the reality I've found is that there's not a lot of people that are really confident in DPS anymore. Like, it's there's so many tank heal mains. It's just like, oh, I guess I'll play DPS. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that, that, that one's over. So, let's go over the facts. The game still lacks role queue, a scoreboard, solo duo queues, and uh, ubiquitous public profiles, and a matchmaker that doesn't put players within 300 SR difference in the same game. Even casual content-wise, the community is getting the short end of the stick. Junkenstein and Lucio Ball still haven't changed, and we haven't gotten a new event game mode in way too long. Rather than blaming the player for things that they do, you can blame the game for not make, for making it hard for people to have fun. The huge deflection that has nothing to do with you refusing to switch off a Torbjorn. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's and that's what I was saying strange. earlier. It literally has nothing to do with what happens in a comp game. Like right, You can't yeah. blame Blizzard for not putting more content in the game as a reason why you're one tricking and being a dick. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, I mean, even, yeah, I, the, there are several things you can say, but blaming blizzard for not having enough fun options. What does that have to do with you? Not, you know, only picking Torb, you know, no, it doesn't have anything to do with it. And also, I, I didn't know that he just didn't go into comms or anything, too. That is actually he refuses. Super toxic. He refuses to be in comms. That's super fucking yeah. toxic. Like, if yeah. you're going to one trick Torb, you need to be in comms. Like, at least use Torb voice every now and then and be like, I'm giving it all I got. I know I'm right. <laughs> like, I, I think it's a little different. Like, I can understand a bit if, uh, let's say, you're learning how to play a character. 
Uh, you don't want to hear the constant, you need to get off this character, you need to get off this character and getting, you know, um, the toxicity thrown at you on, on that because there is a is an end goal to that, right? It's right. like once I'm competent with this character, you know, I'll yeah. move on to something else or I will, you know, um, you know, start flexing a bit more because that's what I did with Zen, right? right? I think I got up to like, I would say like 2,800 no comms, right? And at that point, I was very, I was pretty confident with Zen. And then the rest of the way, I was on comms, and I would actually flex off. I would flex between Zen and Brig, which because I mean, you really didn't need to flex in that meta specifically. You didn't need to flex between anybody else, right? Um, so yeah, it's 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 a little different. But if you know that you're just gonna go into every game playing tour because that's what you like to play and that's what works for you, and that's it, then yeah, it's just 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 get on comms at that, at that point. Well, I mean, just the little idea of getting on comms is the difference between the way Fui is perceived and Evil Toaster. No right. one hates Evil Toaster. He's more or less a one trick. He'll play Ryan if it's really not working, but he's in comms every game. He's trying to be positive about playing Arissa. You know he's going to play Arissa. He's going to play it at a really high level, but he's going to communicate with the whole team and work with the team as opposed to being staunch, not talking. And not doing anything other than playing that one character, you yeah, know, and but no, no one has issues with Evil Toaster, you know, right? The, and I, that's the thing, like people really know this guy. They know who Fui is. They know what he plays. They know what he does. Why the hell not be in comms? A lot of people are probably excited as hell to see him on their team. Like I don't know until they see what that inco- oh, you know what that comes with. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, but the, even you just said it though. Evil Toaster is willing to get onto Reinhardt if it right. really isn't working. If he's pulled all of his tricks out of his bag and he's getting his ass kicked, he'll switch out to Reinhardt. Huey won't do that. Huey right. won't do that. Sorry. So, here we go. So, let's see. He said, uh, no, he keeps it going. Says, uh, though, you actually mentioned something that caught my attention. You cannot one trick an owl. Newsflash. Competitive game modes in this game are not owl. They're not meant to be owl. You are meant, they are meant for you to, to gauge your personal performance and whatever it is you personally want to achieve against another player's of similar arbitrary ranking by the over by playing Overwatch. If you truly want the perfect game experience, go scrim, find friends in Duo Plus. You can use the LFG system, or hell, you can attempt to be part of Blizzard's Path to Pro. This game it has players with many different goals. You want to reach Al one day? That's not my goal. I just want to play Torbjorn and get better at him. And sometimes play other heroes I find interesting before getting bored of him. <sighs> okay. Now, here's the point that he has. And this is, he's taking one right out of the Blizzard playbook. Um, the SR system, he is not wrong about the competitive system. The SR system is built to be matchmaking plus. That was the original idea of the SR system. The SR system was not built to be a ladder. I mean, if you've listened to this show for a period of time, we have you've got to, you've had to hear this before. But the SR system was not um, built to be a ladder system. The SR system was made to put, to gauge you as an individual and put you in competitive matches with other people who are way closer to you in skill. That was the idea. But we know that's not how it works. Everybody plays the, the the competitive mode to climb, to gain SR, not just because they want to be personally better, but because they want the rank. 
<laughs> you know, they want to be. They don't want the rank to show that they're better. They want to get better so they can get the rank. There is a difference in what I just said. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> you know, you know, they want the, They want that rank. They want that medal, man. You know, and on top of that, the the match, the the, the competitorism as a matchmaker is trash. It's trash. It's you so can bad. group up oh, with yeah. people a thousand SR. We know within a thousand SR your range. I could be twenty seven hundred and group up with a silver and mid silver. What? Like that's not competitive at all. <laughs> you know? Actually games would be way better if they tightened up the the, the matchmaking. If they tighten that up, games would be way better because then when two friends want to play together, they just wouldn't be able to play together versus me trying to drag a 2700 into a game that's mid gold and uh, sorry, me trying to drag like a 1700 into a game that's mid gold and they're not ready to play at that rank. You know, they're 1700 because they should be. You know, in the person in my, my, my imaginary friend is 17 hundred because they should be, <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, so but then again, yeah. that's, that's, you know, Blizzard's philosophy of fun over uh, competitiveness, you know, I mean, exactly. Yeah, he's not he's not wrong about what he said there. I, I will say that um, I know Samito when he replied, he says that, you know, that, you know, competitive should be. They should try to model it after Overwatch League, and we should try to strive to be like it is in Overwatch League, but that's not the fact of the matter. So he, Fuey's not wrong about what he said here, and that problem is Blizzard's and the right. way I, they delivered the message. This is know? the point where Fuey's good for pointing at Blizzard and saying, this is what you designed. Um, and in, with Samito's uh, view in mind, I agree with him that it should be the golden example, but it's not. But it ain't because right. <laughs> Owl is nothing like the comp ladder. Dude. It's not even close. Um, hey. And to be honest, you really you, you can one trick an owl. If you look at any professional sport, what is a what is a closer in baseball? He's a one trick. He's good at closing. He pitches one inning and that's it. You have three point specialists in basketball. You have kickers for damn for trying to in football. Like at the right. pro level, you have people who absolutely do specialize at one thing um and they're amazing at that one thing but it has to be effective at that one thing um i don't see a tour one trick being on a starting roster in owl ever yeah. you know and you can say that's not, a go ahead no, that's basically it you can fill in there i was gonna say you could say that's a tour problem you could say it's a problem with the character but the fact of the matter inevitably becomes that these people in owl they are somewhat of one trick but they're really just people that have one trick skill sets yeah. with two or three character pools um and they have teams of people that switch into roles to satisfy cues against other teams exactly that, you know what they know they they're going in knowing precisely what they're going coming up against precisely what the enemy team's strengths and weaknesses are um, precisely what they're going to do. They have a strategy. That's not the comp ladder. That's now how, not how that works. One tricking in Overwatch League or semi one tricking works because that's the way that teams are designed in that in a tournament setting. This the ladder is not a tournament setting, and it can never really truly be a tournament setting. Yep. 
Good job. All right, so we're almost done here. <laughs> uh, I used to play tanks and flex, and it was one of the worst experiences I ever had. I don't want to be told, hey, play Ryan every game because I decided to be nice, and now I'm forced to into a main tank role that I don't want instead of playing my preferred DPS. Because of this, I never request my team to play around me. You should play characters that you're good with and have played extensively, even if it makes the team 5 DPS. If you flex into this in this game, you get shafted. I'm not about that life. You're not protecting the integrity of the game. You're just being toxic. Now, I just got to disagree with that whole last paragraph. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, some people are definitely better at flexing. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, can, I, I, it's, I guess it depends what you define as flexing, right? Where every, is it every game you're hopping roles? Or one game you're a tank, one game you're a healer, one game you're uh, a DPS? Like, is that what you define as a flex? Or do you just define as a flex somebody who can do multiple roles? Because if that's the case, then I'm a flex. I can play main tank. I can play off tank. I can play, well, my main heals is a little weak, and it's really my only main heal right now. Oh, no, and more. I do kick ass and more. So I got two two out of three for main heals. They ain't bad, <laughs> <laughs> you know? So Anna and Mora. And my, uh, I will say that my off heal is not as strong as it should be, um, because Briggs about to get nerfed. I'm not great at Lucio. I'm good at Zen, right? But I can play in these different roles. You know, um, does that make me a flex? I don't think so, because it's not like I flex around on a lot, right? I got good at playing main tanks because that's what I played for seasons. I played main tanks and off tanks for seasons then i started moving into more healing i started off with off heels now i'm more into main heels i did that that that, that's going on for at least two seasons now you know so if i need to switch to orissa i can and i may may need a game to warm up or two but it'll come back to me how to actually play orissa well you know but that doesn't make me a flex in my opinion that i could just play multiple roles Unless you're playing at a six stack regularly, I feel like this game would get really stale if you don't have the capability of playing different types of characters. So Kinder and I played maybe four or five games the other night together. Um, tanks were picked immediately, so I went Moira. I went off uh, main heal, and it was fun. I did fine with it. You know, the next game he was playing Sombra one game, and then Ryan the next. You know, like if right. you're not playing at a six stack, you're gonna have to flex. Because you can't demand other people just do what you want because they're going to say the same thing back to you. You know, so if you're not willing to work with the team, then what the hell are you playing a team-based game for anyway? Right. You know, go play play a shooter that's just deathmatch if that's what you want to do. You know, they have the the competitive free-for-all list now. You know, why isn't Fooey doing something like that? That sounds like something he enjoys more. I don't see the point of playing a 6v6 competitive team game if all you want to do is play the character you want to play no ifs ands or buts don't work around me and the whole even if it means the team is five dps wrong (laughs) that is a really really good way to just get absolutely destroyed it is and everyone pissed off at you it really is and even in the overwatch league a flex is defined as one or two people on the team that make flex picks to make compositions to make effective team compositions uh like if you're gonna if you know that you're about to about to run a trip tank trip heal off of 222 then you have those two people that switch into roles that are effective with that team composition they're not just flexing because they fucking want to 
they're flexing to make a play. They, they're flexing a practiced, well-thought-out team composition. It's not just randomly picking, oh, I'm going to do DPS or I'm going to do this. No, they learn the characters that they've come up with in strategizing with their team, and that's what they pick. You know, it's still within their skill set. You know, they don't go and practice every single hero on the roster. They have compositions that they've practiced as a team and they learn those three or four heroes. And that's what a flex is. Not necessarily, not necessarily somebody that knows all the heroes. Right. Or even willing to play all the heroes. <laughs> right. I mean, that's kind of thing. Like, yeah, I, I think it's, it's more advantageous to definitely, you know, know, just learn more heroes over time. The game's, you know, been out for over two years now. There's no reason why he shouldn't know more characters than just Torb because there is a skill ceiling with Torb. He's, he's going to get to a point, he's probably at that point right now where he knows everything he needs to know about Torb. Maybe not because of new Torb or whatever, but it's not like they were changing the character all that much, you know? And especially he's since been the same character for 12 seasons straight. Exactly. I mean, what, and what more are you learning about Torb in season eight that you didn't know by season five? Right, exactly. Yeah. Not to mention, it's not like we get a ton of new maps all the time. Community can't create create maps or competitive maps, so it's like you're gonna learn all your spots. You're gonna learn what exactly you need to do, and then that's gonna be that, you know. But hey, I'm just a lowly. I don't even know if I'm diamond anymore because I haven't placed that account. So <laughs> <laughs> what do we know? Yeah, I'm just a little. For now, my my other two accounts are in high plat, so I'm a lowly high plat. Yeah, you know, give me a couple of months. I'll be I'll be a bronze or so. Yeah, <laughs> way, way this season's going. That's the spirit, Kinder. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I just just one trick toward and turn off comms. Maybe I'll climb. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I I did get go from twenty five to twenty eight with no no comms on Zen, so I can't really say anything. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's my problem. Comms are the issue here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Try this at home, kids. You'll gain you'll gain SR. You heard it here first on Watchpoint Radio. We're gonna scrub that, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, but yeah, it's, like I said, I thought it was this is interesting hearing it from the defense, you know, the one somebody who's adamantly defending one tricking. Like usually, you just get people like, I don't care, I bought the game, I'm gonna play it the way I want to. But he's trying to come up with counterpoints, which I, I I think he only had one valid counterpoint, and that's about the way that the competitive system was put together in the first place. So. And even that doesn't defend one tricking the way he does. It's just a valid point, (laughs) which has nothing to do with the way he plays the game. You may be saying yourself, well, John, you've been saying that you you do one trick when you practice your character. I'm not saying I'm not an asshole for doing it either. (laughs) (laughs) I will. I will fully admit that if you want to call me out on the, like when I use my practice account to practice a character, but that it's some, that's somebody else's real rank. You got me. <laughs> you got me. I had. I'm not gonna sit here and, and defend that. But what that does allow me to do um, is when I am playing with you know listeners or friends, it helps me to help them. <laughs> you know, either climb up or teach them more about the game, about different characters, stuff like that. So it has its advantages. But yeah, if you see me doing it, you can call me an asshole. I'm like, you right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I so. think most people. At- at some point or another in this game, one trick for a season or two. If they've been, if you've been playing this game for the entirety of its release, um, 
I remember the first time I one tricked a character was Roadhog and back when he was super strong. It was like there was no reason not to one trick Roadhog. And that was the first time I got in the plat. Uh, mm. So, I mean, it good came of it. Um, and then I switched to one tricking uh, Tracer and got really good with her for a while. And I switched to one tricking Sombra and then I one tricked, uh, uh, I forget who. <laughs> And every season, I've been more or less one trick. Not necessarily where I refuse to pick anymore and play anybody else, but my default pick was pretty much that character, which you could call that one tricking, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, if you get in first before everybody else and nobody's picking anything, which happens, uh, pick Roadhog, you know, or pick whatever character that you're most comfortable with on this season. Like this season's pretty much been Reinhardt, give or take, uh, for the most part. So. I wouldn't say that that's a bad thing or that's something that you shouldn't do because it will ab- absolutely help you get better at giving character. But doing what he does and not getting in comms and only picking one character, yeah, I can't defend that. Well, and again, if you're one-tricking a meta character, no one's going to give you a hard time about it. True, and if you're, for the season, you choose a character to one-trick that's in meta, like the uh, last season, I pretty much one-tricked Brig by necessity because, you know, that's what I was stuck on in the six-tag. <laughs> right, yeah. Only one mad at you is the people on the other team. Right. <laughs> and that's why I ended up one-tricking Zen. It's because of the team. That's the position I played, so. Yeah. Right. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't argue against that, but doing what he does, I can't defend that at all. And that's that's how I fell into Ryan, playing with the guys I played with on Xbox. I, we needed a main tank, so I just started doing it, and I'm still playing him. Because I right. really enjoy swinging a hammer at this point, you know. <laughs> yeah. So with that, we're gonna go ahead and, and and wrap up. No community questions this week, and uh, let's see what else we got here. The monthly community episodes. I am going to still try to get those out. So we didn't put one out in November. I was gonna see if we could do two this month, but I just don't know. Actually, it's still November, so we have time in December. We may try to get two out in December, maybe. Well, I'm definitely gonna, I'm going to reach back out to the guys who I knew, who I know uh, wanted to participate in, uh, you know, doing a community episode. Uh, so you know, I'll talk to you guys, and we'll see about getting another one out. And um, thanks to those who have been coming in Discord. Uh, you know, I put the call out last week. Say, you know, come in Discord. We're looking for people to, you know not only just, you know, help others, uh, you know, with their rank, but, you know, to find groups and, you know, things like that. And a lot of you have been coming to Discord, and I really, really appreciate that. Um, Like I said last week, um, we are looking for, especially, like, lower-ranked players, like bronze and silver players, to help the bronze and silver players in our Discord you know, group up and then you guys can climb out of bronze and silver together. One of the biggest problems with bronze and silver is the fact that, you know, people don't really communicate together. You don't get good teamwork. And, you know, if you guys work together, you should be able to get out of that rank together. So if you are a lower rank, please come into the discord and, uh, you know, try to hook up with some other players. Uh, we do have the, uh, the roles in discord now, which if you go into the PC LFG channel, there's the instructions for how to assign yourself to a role and how to call a role, uh, which, you know, right now we only have roles for bronze, silver, gold, and platinum. I will be adding a diamond one, and that's I think that's the highest we're going to go. And uh, then, you know, you could, it, hopefully, um, you know, use it to get organized in the groups. I think the console guys have been finding a bit more success with it than the PC guys right now, but I'll see what I can do about that. 
Um, additionally, community events. The Xbox Game Night happens the first Friday of every month. So if that's still on, I'll, we can double check with Mel Yeti. The Xbox Game Night is going to be on December 7th. And there was a PS4 Game Night not that long ago. So uh, we'll see when the next PS4 Game Night is going to be. Also, something I, I wanted to mention, I almost forgot to, but Charlie on Xbox, he made a new Xbox club to help form pugs or pickup games on Xbox. So uh, hop into Discord, talk to Charlie. He'll tell you what the name of the club is, and you know you can join that and maybe get into some Overwatch pugs. And uh, also, I always like to talk about Prepare to Attack. If you are looking to get better at Overwatch or maybe you're looking to pick up a new character, Prepare to Attack is a podcast that we did that you know, we talked with, you know, grandmasters, top 500 players about specific characters. And, you know, you can, uh, you know, maybe get the inside scoop, get the jump on that new character. You want to one trick, you know, soon. Um, <laughs> additionally, we normally live stream every Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We didn't do that this week. We may not do that next week. I don't know yet, but we'll see. Uh, I'll let you guys know. But yeah, uh, it's twitch.tv slash mash those buttons. And we want to hear about your Overwatch stories. So, you know, we're going to get put out our contact info in here in a second. But we definitely want to hear about, you know, what's going on with you and Overwatch. If you have any funny stories, angry stories, whatever, you know, write it right into us. Let us know. We do have a PS4 community and an Xbox One club. They're both called Watchpoint Radio Overwatch. So you can join those. And, you know, when we do have the game nights or community events, you know, you can keep up with us there. Uh, additionally, we do have the Discord, like I mentioned before, which is discord.me slash mash those buttons. We'd love to have you there. And I always like talking about Heroes of Overwatch. Great Facebook group to be a part of. Uh, if you're looking for more people to play with, or you're just looking to keep up on Overwatch news or Overwatch memes or whatever, it's a great place to be. Um, so thank you guys for listening. You know, uh, want to give out your social uh, media info, uh, guys? Right. my social yeah <laughs> <laughs> um you can find me on twitter the dude abides underscore b um and i just made a new account uh that i'm doing support characters so anyone on discord that wants to jump in i need to grind a lot of quick play so uh hit me up we'll play some games hey you can find me on twitter at nerfkinder please that's pls you can also find me on youtube by the same name uh and what was the other thing I was going to say? Oh, yeah. Twitch.tv slash fragging out when I do decide to eventually stream one of these days. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you can find me on twitter.com slash church of jaw. Uh, I do stream on this channel or on, on uh, twitch.tv slash mash those buttons from time to time uh, outside of, uh, you know, the show. And also you can follow Watchpoint Radio at twitter.com slash Watchpoint Radio. Um, and like I said earlier, we encourage you guys to, you know, you know, uh, reach out to us with comments and questions and your watch stories. So you can email us at WPR at Uh, you can also contact us via Twitter or in the discord. So, you know, just reach out to us. Uh, and if you enjoy the show, you want to help us out. The best way to do that is to share the show with others and to rate and review the show on your favorite podcast platform of choice. And if you want to take your support a bit further, you can become a patron which is uh, patreon.com slash watchpointradio. And you can also purchase uh, items from our Teespring store, which is teesprings.com slash store slash match those buttons. And you can also become a subscriber on Twitch. All that really helps out. We really appreciate everybody who, uh, you know, takes that next step. Thank you guys a lot. 
And I encourage you guys to stay tuned after the show to hear about our other shows. With that, we are done. We're done. You guys enjoy your week. Later, dude. Later. Thank you for choosing a Mash Those Buttons podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to subscribe to one of our shows, you can find us on multiple podcast platforms across iOS and Android. Just search for the show on a podcatcher like Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts and hit subscribe. If you can't find us on your favorite podcast platform of choice, just go right to the MashThoseButtons.com website, grab the RSS feed, and put it into your podcatcher of choice. If you want to check out some other podcasts you may enjoy, you should check out mashosbuttons.com slash shows. For World of Warcraft fans, we have two podcasts, WoW Talk, which is our news and community podcast, and The Torn and the Goblin, which is our lore and story podcast. If you enjoy Overwatch, make sure to check out Watchpoint Radio to keep up with the latest on Overwatch and its community. If you enjoy fighting games, make sure you check out Double Tap for the latest in the FGC. If you're a fan of The Division or looking forward to The Division 2, make sure you check out Sit Rep Radio. If you want to keep up with the latest that mash those buttons, you can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash mtbsite, facebook.com slash mashthosebuttons, and youtube.com slash mashthosebuttons. We'd also like to have you join our Discord community, so just go to discord.me slash mashthosebuttons and join us for a chat. Once again, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time.